And welcome back to the Never Made Varsity Podcast. My name is Maverick. You can find me on social media at heartbreak underscore underscore kid. What's up, everybody? It's Aaron. Um, yeah. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. I, I was going to, I don't know. We have to be like a hundred episodes in at this point. And we're still going, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I mean, I can just blaze the right through it, but sometimes I think I'm going to say something funny and nothing comes to me. Oh, man, that's way too easy of a joke. My name's Colby. You can find me on Twitter at Colby Complains, all one word. You want to elaborate on that one? Nope. We are a child-friendly podcast. Most of the time. Uh, <laughs> uh, my name is David. You can find me on Twitter at D underscore Rivers underscore O. And I, I know I'm getting old when it's like getting to be 10 o'clock and I'm like, well, you know, I should have been in bed, you know, about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> about time to start about, winding down. About time to start hitting the hay, y'all. <laughs> It is our late night, cue to late night music uh, podcast. But, you know, we're here. We're here for the fans. So give us a rate and a review. We should do NPR voices only so we don't wake people up. Let's not do that. Uh, so let's get in. Uh, how are y'all? How are y'all weeks? How are y'all's weeks? I feel like I always go first so somebody else talk. <laughs> I, I want to see that. Oh, okay. I was I am on day five of a no sweet tea month. Yeah, I'm struggling. Pray for uh, me. I went to Cedar Point earlier this week, which was fun until it wasn't. Had a bit did of an you ride incident. The Maverick? I did ride the Maverick. We yes. Andrew and I have season passes, so we get there for early entry. So we got there at nine a.m. and we rode. Uh, Val Raven, Millennium Force, and Maverick back to back to back, like within a 25 minute span. And then we needed some air for obvious reasons because that was a lot in a short period of time. And then we went on Magnum, which was a big mistake. Uh, it did not end well for yours truly. Do you want to elaborate? Do you want to elaborate on that? I feel like everyone understands what I'm talking about. Did you puke? I may or may not have yacked. <laughs> you're I'm going to Carowinds on Thursday. Oh, nice. So, wait, wait. So, it's this week that you're in town. Yes. I, uh, we will be in town in Charlotte on Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Okay, I got to make sure I'm not doing anything. And if you, you want to grab dinner, let me know. I will let you know what we're, di- what we're doing. Okay, let me know. I will make time. Um, David, how was your week? Good. I went up to Virginia to go visit my significant other. Had a long weekend. Hiked more than I wanted to hike this <laughs> this weekend, but it was good. Um, got to go check out the Blue Ridge Mountains. Uh, and then went up to uh, Thomas Jefferson's crib up in Monticello. Um yeah. That's national champion Thomas Jefferson. To yes. You. <laughs> you know, I'm surprised I didn't see a ring on his uh, on his statue up there. <laughs> <laughs> I always know you're visiting um, your significant other when you post on your story. It's like, oh, look, David's actually using his story. He must be, I must be, he must be in Virginia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, because um, I don't like taking pictures of myself, so. <laughs> my week was pretty good i'm trying to think what i did this week i feel like i've done so much i tutored today oh i got horizon zero dawn oh hey look that's a great game yeah i'm enjoying it so far um i just got named a seeker by the high matriarchs yeah that's when everything opens up yeah and I literally like took two steps out of the Am I still in the embrace or out of Mother's heart and saved. And that's where I am. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna tell me you got mauled, and I was like, "That's a little early to get mauled." <laughs> I'm also bad at games, so 
No, that's a pretty we'll that, that's a pretty that's a pretty pretty solid game. I made I played through that. I think that was my junior year of college. I think sounds about right. Yeah, yeah that's, that's about right. I just played but through. Tw- oh, go ahead, keep going. It's twenty dollars, and I was like, for everything including DLC, and I was like, oh, that's a yeah. great that's a great deal. Yeah, Frozen Wilds is good too. The DLC is really good. Looking forward to it. I just got finished playing uh, What Remains of Edith Finch, which is a uh, small little indie game. Uh, it's only about three or four hours long, but it uh, tore my heart into pieces, and it's fantastic. And it's free on uh, PS4 if you have PS Plus, so you should download it and play it because it's great. All right. Is it time to dive into the sports things? Yeah. Let's we'll do it. In- NBA Finals are set. We have the Dinosaurs of the North going up against the Warriors of Golden State. The North remembers. Uh, The North had to have been there in the first place to remember anything. Uh, (laughs) This is their first appearance in, what, 24? They've been a franchise 24 years? It's their first appearance ever, yeah. So let's talk about that Milwaukee... That Milwaukee-Toronto series, because that was the first time the Bucks have lost four games in a row all year. I did not know that. Holy crap. Yeah. The Raptors slash Kawhi were on something else. The, those the last four games of that series. Yeah. They basically, every time Giannis got the ball, they packed the line in and made him give the ball to someone else. But you got to think that most teams would think of that. But yeah, but the Raptors are like a a good defensive team. That's what I'm about to say. Like you have to like Kawhi is also like otherworldly on the defensive end, which it's you know his hands are the size of like crane, like like the size of crane claws, like the claw, the claw. That, we got to talk about how bad the nicknames in this era of basketball are. At some point, <laughs> <laughs> we got to start talking about. Like we had a point in time where Katie wanted to be called the servant, so <laughs> we got to. Even start though to, he had this, he could have been the, the Slim, Slim Reaper. Reaper, and he turned down Slim Reaper to be the servant. Nobody calls him that. Get that sunken place stuff out of here. <laughs> like we, we need to start talking. We need to start. We as we need to, we start, need a to start a dialogue. We need to start a dialogue. <laughs> No, but, like, the Raptors are good enough on defense that they can overhelp on Giannis and still be able to cover the floor well enough to to get it done on the defensive end. But can they do that again against their current matchup? Well, I mean, Kawhi isn't going to be stuck on KD for at least game one. He'll be on a Clay Thompson or... Um, I don't think they put him on Draymond. No, he'll they probably know. be on Clay. Yeah, so he'll be on Clay. And that just like gives him more energy to go off on the offensive end. Yeah, mm-hmm. not that Clay isn't good in his own right, but he's not Kevin Durant. <laughs> but like, like so many people have said, like ninety some percent of his career three pointers have been assisted. So if you deny him the ball, he's not going to score. Mm-hmm. Is it really that high? Yeah. Holy crap. Like those jokes about Clay doesn't dribble. Like he <laughs> Who besides Steph on that team gets can get their own shot when Katie's hurt? Uh their own shot? I think it's just Steph. Right, quite frankly. So like, yes, Draymond's very, very good at getting other people shots. But if the thing about KD being gone is that you are relying entirely on one person to get it done, which Steph is good enough to do it. But if for whatever reason, Steph is having a bad game, you don't have anybody else. That is true. But we've also seen Clay go off because while Steph is the only one that can create his own shot, they still have an excellent offense running around him. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, they have the to first, strike. They have to it, strike first. It's the first series since the Warriors won it all the first, or the first final since the Warriors won it all the first time that they do not have home court advantage. 
First NBA Finals game not in the U.S. That's so true. We're going to get O Canada before the game. <laughs> I'm kind of bummed. I, I really wanted Milwaukee to win. Yeah. Because uh, I thought, you know, just size-wise and physicality-wise, I thought the Bucks were going to be the team to challenge Golden State. Because if that is one weakness that the Warriors have in it's that it's playing physical teams. Um, and I thought the Bucks had a better chance, but... Uh, I mean, the Raptors were just unstoppable for those four games, and they ended up winning the Eastern Conference Championship, and now we'll face the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Did y'all see Bomani taking lives on his Twitter earlier today about Canada? Yes. I think we're thinking of the same thing. So there was a thread about... Whatever yes, his okay, name is, the, same thing. the yeah. Raptors guy. The, the dude in the turban that sits on the right baseline. Yes. About how he, like, had to go into a different field because he was discriminated out of his old one or something like that. I didn't read the actual threat. I was just reading Bomani destroying people. But there was... He, per usual, was replying to people on the thread and there was this one guy talking about how Canada is such uh, an accepting place and how this thread is fake and how Toronto is such more diverse than LA and New York and Chicago and then he said as for at Bomani Jones I hope customs declines you entry into Canada we really don't need more negativity especially yours and he quote tweeted that and said I thought you were accepting of everyone <laughs> At that point, like that's a layup for Bomani. Like that's a that's that's too easy. That's a lob. That's that's a Bomani put a plan out there <laughs> just to throw him that lob. He said last week on ESPN, he's blocked like thirty thousand people on Twitter. <laughs> Listen, last week I was letting the blocks fly. Just like whenever anyone was being marginally annoying on my timeline, I just went ahead and threw a block out there. Oh, I'm, so, I'm glad that I made it through that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Guess you all made it through. All the listeners of this podcast made it through, I think. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I can I can retweet that thread. I mean, I hope they challenge. I, I mean, I, I hope it, it's an interesting series. Um, especially, I mean, Toronto has a really cool story because they were sort of mentioning it during the trophy presentation where they have a lot of guys that are, that are not your prototypical stars. They were sort of people who cut out uh, their own success. Your your Norman Powell's, your Pascal Siakam's, uh, your Fred Van Vliet, or Fred Van Vliet, excuse me. Um, so, I, it'll be interesting to see them go up against the Warriors in this kind of a setting um, you have Kyle, you have Kawhi Leonard you have Kyle Lowry but there's always questions there where at times Kyle can basically disappear on the you court. mean playoff Lowry <laughs> yeah and there are other times where he's he, he, he obviously looks like one of the best point guards so it's just which one's going to show up because he plays better at home because Kyle Lowry is a role player. He said softly into the void. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long-running joke between me and myself about Kyle Lowry being a role player. <laughs> Quite frankly, one quick thing, though, on the series, that dunk, Kawhi absolutely it, yammed on Giannis. <laughs> That's going to that, be one of those iconic ones. Listen, if they win, like, if the Raptors wind up winning this thing, and we are, I guess we can do predictions in a bit, but if they end up winning anything, that dunk is going to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, that was nasty. Giannis is probably my second favorite player in the league behind Braun, but yikes. He got got. He did get got. And I remember last year when Braun got yammed on by Jason Tatum, but they ended up winning that game anyway, so it didn't quite matter as much. But 
I feel like that. I one, literally forgot that happened until today. Yeah, and I forgot it happened until today because it was twenty years ago. Police report like posted it on their on their uh, Twitter account today. Time hopped it. Um, I was just gonna. My only interjection into this was me talking about the meme that is. Um, talking about Kyle Lowry where it's regular season Kyle Lowry versus playoff Kyle Lowry and one is a set of fresh peaches and the other one is like old ripe peaches (laughs) (laughs) that's all I can think about regular season Kyle Lowry has direct TV playoff Kyle Lowry has cable so I okay let's get into predictions Mm, David Warriors in six Aaron Warriors in five Maverick. Warriors in five. I'm going dubs in six. Wait, sorry. That was my smoke screen take. My real take <laughs> is Raptors in four. <laughs> he was he was playing the field. <laughs> I mean, the, at this the point, you have to go with chest. the champs because the champs are the champs. Uh, KD or not, they're still the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, in reality, they might be even better with KD because he's not built for their offense. And they can do their offense and do what they do best when KD's not on the court. So I think they're as dangerous, if not even more dangerous, of a team when KD is out. Obviously, it's a net positive having one of the best players in the NBA on the court. But as a whole offense, they're a better, well-oiled machine without him there. Maverick. Free agency rule change. So, yeah, uh, the league kind of quietly voted on some new rules. The main one will take place uh, next month when we get into free agency. So, y'all remember years past, you know, like when DeAndre Jordan was spurning us uh, and the Clippers <laughs> locking him in his house after like one in the morning. Well, that's not going to happen anymore because uh, now they are changing the mor- the moratorium is officially ending at 6 p.m. on June 30th rather than at midnight. So basically the, the point is giving players the chance to meet with teams at a reasonable hour. Also, I, I mean, it means more media coverage because more people be awake, more people can consume it rather than have to basically go to sleep and wait to hear the next morning. I mean, I feel like it's common sense. Yeah, it's one of those, like, why is this not... I think the moratorium itself should even be shortened. Um, Because, I mean, at some point, they kind of know where they want to go. Especially for the teams that you're giving a commitment to, just go ahead and just make it easier for the ones you want to be with and let the other ones know, hey, deuces. Maybe next time. My thing... Sorry. I keep stepping all over you. My thing is, this feels like a rule where it's like, well, we didn't know we had to make this a rule, but apparently we have to make this a rule. So, sorry, you can't lock people inside their houses at midnight. (laughs) Let's them just tamper. Now they get to tamper six hours earlier. Legalized tampering. They'll yeah. still be able to go to bed at a reasonable time after they tamper. Like I said, now they can. It's going to going right into the prime time hour. Now there's going to be you know breaking reporting. I mean your Woges, uh, your Brian Windhorse, like it's going to be prime time for them to make all the reporting that they do on where the the free agents have like sort who are they meeting with, uh, where are they meeting, things like that. I mean it's perfect. Um, one other change they're considering making that I just remembered um, now that we're talking about 6 o'clock they are thinking of moving some West Coast games up a little bit I believe just playoff games so Western Conference playoff games out of the 10 o'clock slot yeah I think or, you're right that it's just playoff games yeah which I think is a good move because your boy gets sleepy trying to watch these games. Yes. <laughs> and I cannot stay up until 1230 trying to figure out if the 
Nuggets and Blazers are going into double overtime. In all honesty, like, I probably wasn't going to watch those games anyways. So, like, I'm sure it's nice for people who do pay attention to those teams, but I'm not one of those people. I am very happy about this change if they end up making it. But that's a very selfish thing. But, like, listen, most people live on the East Coast. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a bad change. Yeah. I just don't particularly care. (laughs) I mean, I think... We've, I think we've talked about this subject before. I think the earlier that they move it up, I think it opens up at least the possibility more discussion of the idea like of making it the, just the top 16 teams uh, rather than eight on each side. And so you don't have to worry about time zone differences um, for series. So you could have an East Coast, East, what would be an Eastern Conference team facing a Western Conference team. Um, in a more balanced playoff format. Yeah, I mean, I think that an equal issue that needs to go into consideration with eliminating conferences from playoffs is travel, because part of it is that you don't want the Knicks going to Los Angeles in the first round when they don't need to. But if they do have games at more... Eastern Conference friendly time slots where like you don't need to deal with the time change then I don't know maybe it wouldn't be as bad as we would think I have a question that is out of left field but tangentially related to changing tournaments how would you feel so let's look at the NFL playoffs pretty much so the way NFL playoffs work is that the wild, the six seed wild card plays away at the three, the four, the five seed wild card plays at the four, and then whoever wins those games, the one seed plays the lowest remaining seed, and the second seed plays the highest remaining seed. Right? Yes. So Sounds right. what if in March Madness we at the end of every site we reseeded so now the highest remaining seed is playing the lowest remaining seed in a re- in a region so like let's say the one seed gets upset by the nine in the um, round of 32 and the sweet 16 if the nine is the lowest remaining seed or the highest remaining seed, and they're going to have to play probably the two seed in the first round, or in the Sweet 16. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's definitely an How interesting thing. I that? haven't really heard about that before. Um, it's different. Uh, but that's all. It, it definitely... I would definitely say that it might hurt Cinderella teams in that regard. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely well, I th- I would, think that's what I want. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, March Madness is all about the Cinderella. Yeah, March Madness is all about the upsets, and changing the format, something like that, yields less upsets. Almost definitely. That makes it fun. I say that if you want to not get upset, win your game. It's that simple. Score more points than the other team. Like, when we're talking about all that stuff, Colby, your response is just get better. I... Well, I say I don't want to watch Texas Tech in the national championship game. <laughs> I don't want to watch St. Mary's in the Final Four. Loyola Chicago in the Final Four wasn't fun? No, it wasn't fun because they weren't good. <laughs> I want to watch good basketball. So watch the ACC tournament. Conference tournaments are generally better basketball than the NCAA tournament because you've got usually the big the ACC Big 12 SEC or not Big 12 Big East SEC each usually have like a top 10 top 5 matchup in their conference tournament yeah I don't know it was a thought I had literally yesterday so yeah something to chew on you know (laughs) alright something to ruminate on good word so baseball speaking of ACC tournaments yeah um 
Starting with the pros, the Indians are bad. Moving on to college. <laughs> <laughs> Don't got much to say there, do you? We just can't hit. The bats are not alive, but no, the don't bats worry, are, they are asleep. For the appeals. Yes, they are. We uh, won the ACC championship in, I would say, commanding fashion over this past weekend. We were the five seed after limping to the finish in ACC play, and we made Georgia Tech look silly yesterday. And we are now paired with them for the Super Regional if we make it that far. So in our region, we are, we are hosting a regional. We're the number 14 overall seed, which us winning the ACC tournament definitely helped with that. Um, we are hosting Tennessee, Liberty, and UNC Wilmington. I'm just happy that State got the Greenville Regional, so they have to, they're starting off playing Campbell, and then they might play ECU. That's going to be a madhouse if it gets down to state in ECU and yeah. watch them tear each other apart. That is not the type of environment that I would want to have as an in-state away team. <laughs> that game is literally going to be wild. Mm-hmm. When I went to the game against ECU in Chapel Hill earlier this year, it was basically an away game at the Bosch because of how many ECU fans were there. You know that the championship game we just looked very strong. Um, yeah, we. I mean, we did not end the regular season in the greatest fashion, but boy, did we! We they must have had a meeting or something. Yeah. Well, they, what they also really got right. What really helps is Georgia Tech had. While they're a really good team, they've got some great hitting. Their starters are really, really good, and they. Their lineup top to bottom is one of the best in baseball. Their bullpen is really, really bad. So if you can get to their starter, get them to throw a lot of pitches, get them out early, then they're a very beatable team. And we showed that on Sunday when we blew them up in the late game. I mean, we, we, we have a lot of talent there. I mean, you have Michael Bush. He hit two home runs this game. Uh, you have Aaron Sabato. Dude, that Aaron Sabato was, was a man on my, a mission. Is, I'll be honest. This is one of like my first games really watching it through and through. Aaron Sabato ha- just has the build for a baseball player. That dude he is can a baseball crush player. the ball. That dude is going to have a career. Yeah. Um, who was uh, Brandon Martorano got the home run. Yeah, B-Mart had a home run that basically sealed the game for us. I mean, it, everything just went the right way for us, and we actually started playing solid defense. That, that's yeah. been a struggle throughout the season. Yeah. Now Dallas Twesser, I think he wanted that uh, that game ending uh, pop fly in right field, but we still got it. Yeah. At bat. Mm-hmm. And as we know from the past couple of years, anything can happen when you're playing June baseball. But I think that we are as well prepared as any team to make a run at it, even without our best pitcher and Luca. If Lancelotti keeps it up, like he can pitch. Yeah, he's a hell of a reliever. Cool. Um, all right, let's switch gears a little bit. So, Game of Thrones is gone. Sad face, tears falling. No more Game of Thrones to look forward to, but. The creators and showrunners, um, David Benioff and um, Daniel Weiss, are now working on Star Wars. So, Maverick, you feel free to jump in and correct me. But as far Ooh. as I know, this is go- they are going to be supervised by Kathleen Kennedy, and Ryan Johnson is also going to play a bit of a consultant role in these movies. Somewhat um, so. Yeah. So, yeah, D&D Star Wars is coming. <laughs> that's four very popular people all working on the same project, right? Mm-hmm. Listen, oh, yeah. Not polarizing fan, at all. I'm a fan of two and two halves of those people. So, and by two halves, I mean the first four seasons of Game of Thrones. 
<laughs> That's the half. But, okay. Here's my thing about D&D that I don't think I got into in our, in our last episode. They did not sign up to Game of Thrones to finish a story. They and this has been talked about by Joanna Robinson of Vanity Fair. Um, Jason Concepcion mentioned it on a uh, binge mode, I believe. Uh, Dan, uh, oh my goodness, why can I think of his last name from Screen Junkies? Uh, Merle, he has Dan mentioned Merle. this as well. Dan yeah, Dan Merle on Screen Junkies has mentioned it as well. They did not sign up to like write and finish this story, they signed up expecting two books to be out in the span of eight or nine years and they were they thought that they were going to be adapting these books when D&D were doing their adapting they made they put forth a really really good show so I do not think that D&D are incompetent I really don't well, I, I do think that you should question their competency if they were expecting George R.R. R. Martin to come out with two books but like this is the longest he's ever gone without putting out without putting out a book. Yeah. Because hold on, y'all vamp. Don't. Big thing was is he they are I believe they are most successful is when a storyline is laid out for them, rather than making them sort of tie it in on their own way. So I think it is going to be very important to have the Lucasfilm story group, um, your Dave Filoni's, your John Favreau's, your Ryan Johnsons, your Kathleen Kennedys making sure that this trilogy, I don't know if we mentioned that, it is a non-episodic trilogy uh, coming out from 2022, 24, and 26. Uh, there needs to be a roadmap. <laughs> there need, you need to know what is the story, the major plot points throughout, and it needs to be clear what you're going to lead, what everything is leading into overall. Because when that roadmap is laid out before D&D, that's when they are at their best. That's why we got, why the first four seasons of Game of Thrones were as good as they were, because they already had George R.R. R. Martin's source material to work on. And, like, I don't want to say that, like, Benioff has written books before. Like, he's written narratives before. Like, they are, <laughs> as much as people are mad at them for quote-unquote messing up Game of Thrones like they are pretty good at this so I don't I am not spelling doom and gloom for Star Wars but um Aaron to answer what we were talking about a Game of Thrones came out in 1996 Cash of uh, Clash of Kings almost said Cast of Kings which is a podcast um a Clash of Kings is coming out in 1998 um Storm of Swords came out in 2000 so two-year gaps between those a Feast for Crows came out in 2005. A Dance with Dragons came out in 2011. Um, a Feast for Crows and A Dance with Dragons was supposed to be one book, but George's publisher said you cannot put out a book this long, so that <laughs> split into two. And then uh, Winds of Winter. In his blog, he kind of hinted that it's going to be coming out next year. We will see. I'll believe it when I see it. But if it's going to be like a situation with A Feast for Crows and A Dance with Dragons where it's going to be super long, we might have eight books. We'll see. Do you think it could be a situation like from Stephen King's Misery where he's really just being held captive until he writes the book that his captor wants him to write? Everything I know about Misery was from that one Family Guy episode where they did a parody of a bunch of Stephen King stories. That parody was actually, like, not that bad. I never said it was bad. I mean, like, representing the story, it wasn't bad. I'm your biggest fan. I'll follow you until you love me. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Knights of the Old Republic. What is it? (laughs) so knights of the old republic i've played about half of it it's basically like the most influential star wars video game of all time from a story standpoint and it's one of the least covered areas and eras within the modernized canon 
Um, it was a video game that came out for Xbox in the early 2000s. Um, it is very widely renowned as one of the most iconic Star Wars games of all time. Um, basically, there are two main characters. I would uh, there are uh, like especially on the good side there are more, but mainly it's all about the Sith. I would say in the era, uh, basically how the Jedi killed the last bit of Sith before we get to the prequels era. The two people are Darth Revan and Darth Bane. Darth Bane is the creator of the Rule of Two, uh, instituted by the modern day Sith. So it's the fact that you know there can only be two: a master and apprentice, no more. Uh, and Darth Revan was uh, another very iconic character. He kind of has a Kylo Ren kind of look to him. He has like a, weird, a similar kind of mask style. Um, somewhat of a person where he kind of unlocks his powers and then turns to the dark side. He's just a very interesting character overall. So, I, I think when you think of D&D, uh, any kind of... If you could make bring that GOT feel into the Star Wars world, I think that could make a lot of people hype. Um, and so, it, it just seems like there's a lot of parallels there, and that's, that's naturally what the, the rumors and whispers are that, that this is going to be the Knights of the Old Republic trilogy. So, now that we have D&D heading into the Star Wars-verse, into the galaxy far, far away, Maverick wanted to know which Game of Thrones actors he would want to see in Star Wars. So, who has who's done it? We have Amelia Clark, for sure. Billy Clark, um, let's see. Is there anyone else? I would I'm honestly sure like is. to see... Hey, oh, wait, well, sorry. Uh, I'm saying who we'd like to see or who has been. Who has been. Sorry, okay, go ahead. I was going to start on my list of people who I'd like to see. Oh, yeah, then go ahead and go. Uh, Pedro Pascal, I would like to see. I think he could be really good in Well, that. he will be starring in The Mandalorian. Oh, really? I didn't see this is how much I don't keep up with things. Yep. He, he is the star of The Mandalorian, so that's already come through. Lena, is it Lena Headey? Hedy? Yes. Cersei, my girl. I think she could do. I think she could. I think she could do some damage. Um. And then for a third, I would like to see uh, a good old Tormund, whose actor's name I do not know, even though I follow him on Instagram. Uh, Christopher, not going to attempt that last name. Yeah. Yes. Not going to do that. Him. <laughs> One person we missed, uh, Grandmaster Pycelle, is General Veers. Oh. I figured there was somebody. Um, he was also the bad guy in uh, Indiana Jones, uh, Last Crusade. All right. So who would you? So for me, I think I would do Natalie Emanuel, who was missing day, justice for missing day. Uh, I w- want Jacob Anderson to get more work. Who was Grey Worm? And I was literally just looking at a list of Game of Thrones actors. And you mean Raleigh Ritchie? Raleigh Ritchie, <laughs> whose music is actually pretty good. Oh, Gwendolyn Christie. How do we forget Gwendolyn Christie? Duh. Well, yeah. because well, you know why we forgot about Star Wars no, 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 forgot no. about her. Yeah, I was about to say, don't ask us why we <laughs> forgot about it. Ask why Ryan Johnson forgot about it and why J.J. Uh, Abrams forgot about it. Let's get Jason Momoa in Star Wars. Yeah, that can count. Just give him, listen, give I, him all the big genre work. Put him in Game of Thrones. Put him in D.C., Put them in Star Wars. Just give them all the big genre work and make him the richest man in Hollywood. Y'all need to relax. Jason Momoa has enough sauce as it is. He does not need the extra <laughs> added sauce of being in uh, in freaking Star Wars. Okay, he's already like super handsome and is Aquaman and is super cool. Like you don't need him in Star Wars. All right. <laughs> then Nikolai Costawalda. I was going to say that one. Who else? Uh, I was Nikolai Coaster Waldo. I really like Leon Cunningham, who plays Sir Davos. Like uh-huh. having him be like an older Jedi type. Can he just be uh, the Onion Knight all the time in every movie? 
<coughs> Let's see. I think Jacob Anderson would be an interesting pick. Um, I do like Tormund naturally. Um, I mean, I just think the big thing is with D&D crossing over, I, they like to use a lot of the same kind of actors, I think, in their kind of work. Kit Harrington, I could see him being like a, a old Republic Jedi type uh, character. Maverick, I know you love Star Wars a lot. Let's save Vanity Fair for next week okay. because I have to work tomorrow. <laughs> so, fine with me. And also, I've only like skimmed through those articles, and I should probably like go through and like actually read them. So, Riverdale. Oh boy. Oh wait, hold on. I'm so wait, Kobe, you told us to remind you that there were indeed some positive things. So this is yes, me reminding there, you. There, there were some things I liked about River. So I guess spoiler alert for season three, all of season three. Um. So my ev- never-ending crusade for Riverdale is that it needs to be about ten episodes less. It has the, it needs the to opposite be somewhere in the ten to thirteen episode range. It has the opposite Game of Thrones problem. Yes, it really does. There's just <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of bloat around the plots where like the begin characters start somewhere at the beginning of the episode, a bunch of stuff happens and they end up in the same place at the end of the episode. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. And but then like they have like some really cool story beats that I think would work if they were like concise I feel like they're doing too much a lot of the time what did y'all think of this season it definitely brought a lot of things together but I, I, I agree that I think it can be a lot shorter not to mention the biggest thing with me that it it makes it feel so stretched out when there's like three or four different intermissions over the cross, like across the season it was so much easier to watch on Netflix. Like I on Netflix, so I jumped in after the mid-season break on Netflix, and I powered through the rest of the season in two days, like like that. It's just it's hard to watch. We I and I commend both of y'all for doing it because I could not. <laughs> yeah, we. I would live text, and Aaron would just. See my responses. Let it all out. Oh, but the things I like, the finale was shot so well. Like, it looked very good. Mm-hmm. Like, like, the, like, going through, like, when, <clears throat> if you want to shoot stuff at night, Riverdale did really well shooting that hunting, weird G&G stuff at night. And that's my good thing to say about Riverdale. Also, the musical episode was really good. Yeah, and it, it ended was somewhere that progressed the plot a little bit, huh? That's true. It did progress the plot. So, I did not like the twist I was of gonna like say, who the Gargoyle King was. The twist and... The ending were the most Riverdale things of all time. I feel like the best twists come when the audience is left thinking, hey, I probably should have saw that coming instead of being confused and thinking that they missed something along the way. Yeah. And I just felt like I missed so much to make Chick one, Chick come back. Two, the Black Hood running around again. Three, Cheryl's mom mattering. I feel like that was not set up in any meaningful way to make that twist feel earned. Yeah, I think that's the big problem with Riverdale, and from what I've heard with CW shows in general, it's just they throw a lot of stuff at the wall. And some stuff sticks, and then they just draw lines between those things, even if they don't make any sense. There's a really good uh, YouTube video um, with the best. So a bunch of video essayists 
made a Best of Thrones playlist about like the good storytelling stuff that Game of Thrones does, the books and the show. And one of the things was like how to subvert subverted expectations that when you have a show that has had a lot of big twists, how you continue to like, quote unquote, get your audience. Um, this one video I watched was about the mountain and the viper. And I feel like that episode, that YouTube video does a very good job of like showing like what a good twist is. And I feel like this is not a good twist at all. I think that the chick twist, that chick being the black, not, not a black hood, but he probably is too. Chick being the Gargoyle King is not as bad of a twist as Charles being the FBI agent. <laughs> yeah, are we going to reckon with the fact that Jug and Betty are half siblings, or are we just going to roll? <laughs> I mean, I don't think that that really shocks anybody. Are is everyone in this town related? <laughs> Probably, because they're they're all blossoms. <laughs> They're all Blossoms or Joneses, apparently. Wait. <laughs> Buddy and Jughead are kind of half-siblings, but not really. No, because, yeah, they didn't get married. They don't share any blood. Because a half-sibling would be... They're both half-siblings with Charles, which isn't surprising because we know that FP and Alice were involved in high school. Yes. So you know, as somebody, as somebody with zero context, this conversation is fascinating. Is this what it feels <laughs> oh, even like? with context, it makes no sense. Is it, yeah. No is this, sense whatsoever. Is this, Aaron, is this what you feel like when we talk about Game of Thrones? Yeah, basically. Okay, let's let's break this down because I'm confused. Who are Jughead's parents? FP and uh, the lady with the star tattoo that got drawn away yes, from town. That one. Who are Betty's parents? Alice and Hal. Okay, good. I was there. Who are FBI dude's parents? Uh, Alice and FP. Alice and FP. Okay, got it. So they are not... They are kind, okay, okay. I, I see where... I follow the lines now. It's this just is like, like R plus L equals J. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I see where everything is now. They are tangentially half siblings just like how you could have a cousin who has a cousin that's not your cousin but that you would still call your cousin so they're like quarter siblings like half on one side half on the other side they're quarter siblings sure (laughs) whatever makes it make sense (laughs) make it make sense is a big mood for Riverdale Can we make predictions on who they killed? Oh, I don't care. Oh, my goodness. It's it's (laughs) obviously not Jug. That's that's as much of a smokescreen as any of them. Yeah, somebody's dead. That's probably the biggest red herring that they've had the whole show. It is so obvious that it's not Jughead. Oh, no. Cheryl's mom. Why was Hiram fighting a child? (sighs) Who knows? I saw I someone predict that it was Charles that they killed, which I think Here. would be interesting. Another thing about those last couple episodes, Hiram was fighting Archie, a child, a high schooler, because he told, he told Archie challenged him in front of his business friends, and his business friends think that he's going to be weak. Because he didn't want to fight a 16-year-old? Honor, Colby. Honor. (laughs) Uh, We need to get out of here. Also, did did Alice actually ascend? We don't know. Also, I feel like there's just a lot of parallels to the the G&G stuff. Like they mentioned ascending. Um, I want to say that it's connected somehow. But, yeah, well, like, I, yeah. Think that, I think that the farm is involved with G&G. Somehow. Maybe a way to to keep everything in flux in Riverdale. I don't know. Uh, 
David, if you missed it, um, there was organ farm, for, uh, organ harvesting in this episode or in this season of game. Uh, good lord, Ooh, it is hello. <laughs> All right, can we try that again? Yes, reset. <laughs> David, I don't know if you knew, but there is organ harvesting in this season of Riverdale. Uh, I did not. For reference, <laughs> I've only seen season one. <laughs> Just letting you know where we've gotten. Um, organ harvesting. Organ care? harvesting. I guess at this point, you don't even care, do you? Oh, I don't give a crap. <laughs> Listen. Yo, From Jason Blossom got dug up. <laughs> really? Yeah, can we talk about that? <laughs> about yeah. Cheryl propping him up? His mouth sewn shut and put in the wheelchair in the farm. I'm sorry, what? And Cheryl, Cheryl now goes to him in like in a tower to convene with him. I'm sorry, what? No, yeah. you heard it all right. Uh, but that's all we have for this week's episode. I feel bad we'll for Kevin. Everyone okay. ascended and he was left behind. Can we do something with Kevin? Why didn't they just like, leave a note? They don't have to have Kevin tell them. <laughs> Just leave a note. Just like right to ascended. We'll see you later. Put it on a sticky note. <laughs> it's like one Kevin, like the plot forgets about Kevin, and then the farm also forgets about. But Kevin. then they say that no but, kidney. But then they say that she's that he's Betty's best friend. <laughs> so now he's sitting here kidneyless. <laughs> I just like. Uh, this whole show is things happening to Kevin. <laughs> it's like all of like Game of Thrones is stuff happening to Bran, and somehow he has the best story. This whole this whole show is just things happening to Kevin. <sighs> Gosh! Oh well. Kobe, when are you gonna s- keep going with Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood? I know, I know. I keep watching. I keep getting. Tra- I was going to watch it, but then all my CW shows dropped. So now there's like The Flash and Supergirl, and then I'm also watching Lost. You're ignoring one of the greatest anime of all time, Colby. All I time. know, and I like what I've seen so far, and I'm going to get around to watching it, I promise. I'm on like episode 20. I'm like, come on, Colby, come on, catch up. <laughs> I'll do my best. Also, Chernobyl, pretty good. First episode, pretty good. Oh, did you watch it? Mm-hmm. I heard it's depressing as heck. Hecky. I it, almost said another word. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's really heckin' sad. Really yeah, heckin' sad. But it's good. Nice. I'll have it's to give good. it a watch. All right. Anything else before we get out of here? Uh, I don't know what it means, but we should all ascend. <laughs> We don't know what it means either. You but if you want to find okay. out, you might be able to do that at tinyurl.com. Which never made Farsi. Leave us a five star rating and a review on iTunes. Anything you liked or didn't like, be sure to let us know via our Twitter at NeverMadePod. Thank you to David Cutter for the music that you're hearing right now. And we'll see you later. <laughs>